Greetings, kids, and welcome to Let Me Tell You What I Know, a podcast by The Real Nubian on Twitter, where I talk about music, politics, pop culture, and whatever the hell I want, basically giving you my two cents that nobody asked for. Welcome to episode five, and it's my birthday. (laughs) Actually, it was my birthday two days ago, uh, on Thursday the 15th of October. I turned the big 39. (laughs) It's not the big something, it's 39. I decided to share with you 39 things that I have learned in the past 39 years. Actually, that's not, that's not true. Most of, the th- most of these things I've learned uh, in the past 10 years. So we can change the title to 39 things I learned by the time I turned 39. Take a shot every time I say 39. <laughs> I don't think I'll say 39 anymore in this episode, but this is the last 39. I promise you, no more 39s. <laughs> okay, all right. So... Um, I tried to sit down and write a list of 39 39 things that I have learned by the time I turned 39. And here's the the list of 39 things. Okay, uh, first of all, my 30s were better than my 20s. And let's face it, in this day and age, you probably graduate from college, start your career, and maybe start a family in your 20s and you're struggling to figure out your place in life, how your career is going to go, what do you want to do with your family, your finances are a mess unless you're rich and have a trust fund or something, (laughs) or a hustler. (laughs) Okay, so your finances also need work and you're processing your childhood struggles, maybe you have some trauma you need to work through, maybe you finally got into therapy. So they used to give us an impression that the 20s are the prime of life, where you're the happiest and the strongest, the healthiest, etc. And I don't think that's true at all. You get to know yourself when you're in your 20s. And by the time you start barely figuring stuff out, you're already 30. And then you start enjoying a better financial place than you were in your 20s. Maybe your family life is starting to stabilize. You know what you're doing with your career, etc. So generally, I would highly recommend the 30s. (laughs) Okay, so this is number one. Number two, um, you never stop learning. And this is such a cliche. I get it. I understand. However, a lot of people are under the impression that they know it all. We commonly see this in teenagers. I was such a know-it-all teenager when I was when I was a teenager, obviously. <laughs> and the older I get, the more I realize that there is shit in this world that I don't know anything about. So you never stop learning. And the moral of this point is not that you never stop learning, it's such an obvious thing to say, but you have to learn to keep your mind open for correction, for education, for learning, because you don't have a universal human experience. Other people have experienced different things from you, and you meet new people every day, especially in the time of the internet. I don't think our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents, 
have ever had this experience you need you needed to travel to far away places to meet people with different experiences well now it's at your fingertips on your smartphone or your computer etc so you never stop learning but you have to open your mind to learning okay number three don't be so hard on yourself and this i have learned the hard way the really really hard way uh, i grew up with a parent who was very demanding academically socially you had to look your best act your best never show your emotions when you're having a mental breakdown uh, always have the best grades in your class and it really messes with your mind then a lot of people who grew up with similar parents end up being they continue the cycle of mental abuse on themselves they're always judge themselves very harshly they always anticipate failure they they always think of what other people would think and over the past five or six years i started teaching myself to appreciate what i'm doing and be proud of myself and not judge myself so harshly especially when i find out that what i am doing is generally well compared to my peers or people in a similar situation so that's point number three point number four is that you don't always have to try your best and here is why we are we get taught this culture that you have to be on your grind on 10 24 7 competing with everybody around you and imagine the burnout when you're functioning at 150% all the time you don't have to the world is not going to end and the sky is not going to fall give yourself some grace as they say give yourself some space to do the bare minimum sometimes and things will be fine the trick is just to choose your battles there are things where you need to do your best and be your best at all times and there are instances where just doing the bare minimum is just fine no one's gonna die <laughs> okay uh, next point that would be point number five writing things down will always make them feel better and not necessarily solve problems but I found that and this is backed by by, by science by the way <laughs> that journaling does help if you're struggling with something or you want to process an event that happened to you or come up with a solution to a problem that you're facing maybe take a piece of paper and a pen and start talking about it with the paper be honest no one is going to read it you can burn it after you're done but try to be as honest with yourself as possible presenting the facts uh, trying to explore your emotions brainstorming ideas with yourself and sometimes your subconscious mind will push things to the forefront while you're writing that you never thought about before so writing things down will always make it better number six kindness <laughs> kindness versus niceness and this made me laugh because they remembered uh, the, the Ellen DeGeneres situation that's been happening lately I in my assessment I think Ellen pushed niceness more than kindness she wasn't a kind person to other people while niceness allows you to put on a facade and convince other people that you're kind while you don't have to be so always try to be kind genuinely kind genuinely care about how other people feel or how they or what they need try to foster that in children around you um, sometimes 
I noticed that parents care about their child being polite, saying please and thank you, etc. But that's all a facade to other people. What genuinely matters is how these children feel. Do they care about other people's pain and would they care about other people, uh, would they care about trying to help other people feel better or get better, etc. So that was point number six. Number seven, never apologize for what you enjoy. And here's the thing, as long as you're not hurting anyone or putting yourself in debt or whatever, enjoy your hobbies and never apologize for that. Even if people call you a nerd or weird or mock you, <laughs> who cares? They don't understand. Do whatever makes you feel happy because the world is shitty enough as it is. So if you enjoy your comic books or your video games or your books or your painting or your weirdness or collecting rocks for all that matters, just do you and never apologize for what you enjoy. Number eight. There is always a possibility that what you believe in is wrong. And I also had to learn this the hard way growing up in a very, I wouldn't say conservative background, but they were slightly conservative. <laughs> and we grew up believing in things, learning things, listening to things that turned out to be not true. And you spent like, you spend like five or six years of your life just feeling salty that you got scammed <laughs> by the wrong things they taught you. So a history class in school or the religions your parents brought you up on or uh, some cu customs in your community that you thought were proper or correct or useful and then they turns out to be false. It's okay. Not everything humans believe in is correct and there is a high chance that you might get disappointed sometimes in life and that's fine so number nine never put your job above yourself and this ties into the points three and four don't be so hard on yourself and you don't have to always try your best because we we grow up in a culture uh, that's capitalist where of course you need your job to eat and you are taught that your career is a part of your definition as a human being while it's not so a lot of people fall into the trap of putting their job ahead of themselves either you do that because out of desperation uh, financial desperation or because you believe that your worth is defined by how good you are at your job and you find yourself grinding working so hard putting in extra hours and forgetting to take care of yourself even at the basic level of resting and eating so always put yourself ahead always keep time for yourself so what was the price that you paid your health your time with your family uh, time that you could have spent doing basic self-care the hustle and grind are fine but always keep time for yourself and think about your your well-being more than how much money you're making or how far in your career you're advancing. Okay, number 10. Never make decisions based on what will people say because the people you're so concerned about what they will say or what their opinion is, if you make a decision that makes you struggle, they will not come and help you. And it, it's commonly seen in, in areas or communities where people 
for example, marry someone because of what will people say, or go to a specific college because of what will people say, or forego their dreams uh, because of what will people say. And they end up miserable, they struggle, and the people we were so concerned about their opinions watch us suffer without lending us a hand or even lifting a finger or, or saying a comforting word. So never ever think about what other people say. Make decisions that work for you, that would make you happy, uh, at least with the information that you have at the time. Uh, and just think about how you would feel and how you would end up. Number 11, plan everything. And this comes from someone who has a, a notebook where I plan everything. <laughs> I wish I learned about actual planning early on in life because you always have a task list, list of th things to do or appointments to keep or deadlines to meet. And uh, planning will help you control your life more than finding yourself late on your assignments or double booked or stressed out. Just have a planning routine, plan your week, plan your month, plan your year ahead. And planning really, really was a game changer for me. So plan everything. Uh, number 12, financial literacy. <laughs> And I really, really wish they teach financial literacy in schools, but I think it's it's deliberate because ignorance helps the big machine take our money away, our measly money away, while like billionaires find these strange loopholes where they end up not paying taxes. Cough, Trump, cough. So. Why would Trump find a loophole to avoid paying taxes while being a millionaire or billionaire, whatever his financial status is, while middle-class people find themselves paying higher taxes, paying fines, getting audited, etc.? It's because there's a lack in financial literacy. Financial literacy is very important. And I've noticed that um, when you change your country, for example, like if I go to the States now, uh, I will struggle because I live in a country where you don't have to pay taxes. That's a long story. But anyway, <laughs> you still need financial, financial literacy, of course, to learn uh, budgeting, saving, uh, managing your grocery shoppings, etc. But then if I move to the United States and have to pay taxes, I will be so confused and I'll probably try my best to hire an accountant, at least for the first few years until, the, until I get the hang of it. So the country you live in, it's impo important to, to learn uh, what are the laws, what are the requirements for getting a bank account or a loan. When you buy something, do you have to pay taxes uh, over it? Like, like for me, it's mind-blowing that, for example, in the UK, you have to pay an annual fee for owning a car, as far as I've heard. In the U US, you have to pay taxes on the home you own. That's also mind-blowing for me. So financial literacy, get into it early. <laughs> okay, next, uh, number 13, lucky 13. No human is perfect, we all fail. Another cliche, but here, here's the thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, you shouldn't think of yourself as perfect, so you wouldn't have unrealistic expectations out of yourself. And if you extend the same courtesy to other people, 
you will not be so disappointed. So expect a mess from other people and learn to choose the battle here again. When, what are your deal breakers? What would you forgive and what wouldn't you forgive? And then you will feel that your relationships as riddled with disappointment as they used to be. So yeah, have low expectations. <laughs> okay, next point. Uh, it's better to help out a scammer than deny someone in need help. <laughs> and here's the explanation. We live in a time where a lot of us go on social media and see GoFundMes or people asking for help and a lot of smart asses out there will say this doesn't look genuine this doesn't look real I went on digging on the internet and I couldn't find any evidence that this person genuinely needs help blah blah and that's fine if you are that Sherlock Holmesy and can figure shit out that's great however not a lot of us can do that and you find yourself uh, giving someone money or whatever and then they turn out to be fraudulent now a lot of people think oh I got swindled or lied to and uh, I'll never help other people online again or I'll never donate to a GoFundMe again and listen how many people uh, actually scam uh, others when they go on a GoFundMe, for example. They're a minority. Well, a lot of people genuinely need help. If you can afford to help people, just do it and completely forget about it. You could have saved someone's life. This ties into the next point, which is never lend money, just give it away. I learned the hard way again that sometimes you lend people money and they never give it back. They actually fight you when you ask them to give it back. And I decided a couple of years ago that if someone asks me for financial help, I either can live without the money and I will just give it and completely forget about it, or I'll tell them I can't afford to help you financially right now. Because you can never guarantee that the person who borrowed money from you would be able to give it or is willing to give it back. And then you find yourself counting on this money to come back to you and you're in dire straits. Either give it away or don't give it at all, okay? Now, next point. That would be next point, 16. Trust seemingly trustworthy people, but always have an exit strategy. And <laughs> this seems counterintuitive, but it ties into point number 13, which is that no human is perfect. So don't deny yourself relationships with people that require trust, like for example, dating or a business partnership, etc., with someone who doesn't give you any reason to not trust them. While in the same time, keep it in the back of your mind that if they do betray your trust one day, always have an exit strategy. What would I do if my husband cheats on me? What would I do if my business partner runs away with all the money? Would my life be ruined or would I have a safety net somehow? While in the same time, enjoy the relationship you have with people, live in the moment, and even if you're considering a future with this person, always keep in mind that they might not be in the picture forever. Forever doesn't happen with anything in life. It's unlikely to happen. 
So let's all just be realistic about the relationships we embark on. This takes me to the next point, number 17. Children. Never have them unless you are prepared for all possibilities. And by all possibilities, I mean from the moment you decide to try with your partner to have a child, from the moment a woman or a person with a uterus <laughs> discovers that they are pregnant and they want to continue this pregnancy, be prepared for everything. Be prepared for a difficult pregnancy, be prepared for life-altering decisions, be prepared for your children to not be the picture-perfect children we see expecting. It's a little deceptive from society to give us the impression that having children is absolute joy and happiness all the time. We can have a difficult pregnancy, we can have a difficult birth, a difficult postpartum period where you have the baby blues or full-on postpartum depression. You might not bond with your child immediately. You might, your child might not be born as healthy as you expected them to be. Uh, my, when my daughter was born, first of all, my first pregnancy went to shit literally. And here I have to issue a trigger warning that will uh, include uh, pregnancy loss and potential abortion, etc. So if that's triggering for you, just skip ahead a few minutes. My first pregnancy happened in 2014, where uh, it was unplanned, but we were happy about it. During the anomaly scan in the fifth month, I was told that my baby had severe developmental problems that she might not survive the, the pregnancy. And if she survives the pregnancy, she might pass away immediately or have a very, very difficult few years and then not be able to survive. And I unfortunately lost this pregnancy at seven months. I had to be induced into labor and give birth, etc., knowing that I will give birth to, um, to a stillborn. So, of course, I was devastated for months and then uh, we decided that we wanted to try again and we kept trying for an entire year. In 2016, I got pregnant again. I tried my best to be as healthy as I can, even changed my skincare, like face soap that had like a bit of a dodgy ingredient. I stopped using it. I was so strict with my diet and tried to avoid stress as much as I can, made adjustments at work so I can protect this pregnancy at all costs. And thankfully, it went well until the day I went to, to the hospital in labor. Uh, my labor was so fast, I couldn't get an epidural, but whatever, a lot of women don't. <laughs> and I gave birth to my baby, who seemed healthy. And then I held her for five minutes. I was happy. It was over. And then two things happened. One, uh, the third stage of labor where the placenta comes out was so complicated and I needed to be rushed into the operating theater and had one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. I will not go into details here, but let me say that it was actually worse than the actual childbirth. And my daughter, who I only held for five minutes, was diagnosed with jaundice and needed to be taken to the neonatal intensive care unit. <laughs> so yeah, we had a very rough week after she was born. And then we went home 
everything seemed fine and then she had a problem with reflux I had problems with breastfeeding I was hoping I would breastfeed for a while I didn't I had to stop after two and a half months and one feels like a failure sometimes that's why you shouldn't be so hard on yourself because when I was wallowing in my misery as a terrible mother because I couldn't breastfeed I looked into the statistics and the WHO actually says that only 51% of mothers worldwide are able to breastfeed successfully so almost half of the world are in my position and yet their children go on grow up do amazingly well so I shouldn't be so hard on myself for something that I tried my best to do and I couldn't and then your children grow up and they're not the picture-perfect children that you might have anticipated you might expect them to be of certain intelligence of certain uh, they have certain inclinations your children let's say for example you live in a quite the conservative heteronormative society and your child ends up to be gay are you going to and denounce your child or disown them of course not you still love them and support them and take care of them no matter how they turn out to be your children might have developmental delays your children might have uh, learning disabilities or have accidents in the future they your children will make mistakes if your teenager comes in drunk one day are you going to flip out and disown them of course not you will help them you will hold them accountable you will teach them how to take care of themselves and become responsible adults in the future so be prepared and don't ever think that oh i did my best i did everything correctly and my child turned out to be x y and z your children are not robots you don't program them to be a certain way and expect them to go a certain way they are humans they have their own uh, minds and their own personalities and they might actually defy what you expect from them but the joy that you feel when your children are around you and you develop this empathetic and loving connection with them regardless of who they are or what they are or how they are and they know that mom and dad are always supportive or like dad and dad or mom and mom or whatever my parents are always there for me i know i can go to them for guidance and support and help and accountability I, I think this is the only way you can have a successful parent-child relationship. While people who go into it without thinking, or too early, or they're unprepared, or they're unwilling to accept their child however they are, they're in for a very rough ride. Children who grew up in traumatic or abusive situations, in a lot of times, not just sometimes, in a lot of times, grow up and continue the cycle of abuse because it was normalized to them. Like, for example, our parents, they're from the generations where they thought that corporal punishment is normal. Spare the rod, spoil the child. They were beaten, they beat their children, and their children beat their children afterwards. Let's try to break the cycle of abuse. <laughs> All right, I have rambled about this for so long. Uh, oh, next point which is 18 and it ties up to this old school parenting is trash and I don't know how humans survived all this time <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a miracle it was like I don't get it I, did, I don't understand how he, we managed but apparently humans are more resilient than we think so yeah that happens okay number 19 I should have paid attention to my health earlier 
I'm not gonna wallow in this alone, but the earlier you start paying attention to your health, the better the outcome is going to be in the long term. Nobody changes their lifespan. If someone is destined to die at 40, they will die at 40 regardless. And if someone is destined to die at 80, they will die at 80. But taking care of your health as much as you can within your means or within the challenges that you have, or if you have certain disabilities or chronic illnesses or things that you cannot control, but what is within your control, the earlier you pay attention to it, the better. I am one of the privileged people who I don't think I have a chronic illness. I have muscle pain, but I think it's because I spent years not paying attention to my vitamin D levels and I don't exercise. So these are things that if I had paid attention to or tried to control earlier in my early 20s instead of my early 30s, my health would have been better in the long run. I would have prevented certain problems in my life that it took a while to control and get rid of. So the earlier you pay attention to your health, the better. The earlier you start correcting the bad habits that you have, the better. So take care of yourself, please. Okay, number uh, 20. Never settle in your relationships. That was quite the jump. <laughs> Listen, a lot of people will tell you, oh, relationships are a compromise or marriage is a struggle, but you have to compromise to keep this, the ship sailing. This is something that they used to tell our grandmothers and mothers and women in general, so they can continue living through shitty relationships. But here's the thing. Of course, this, this takes a lot of introspection. What are the things that are important to you in life? And trust me, you will find someone in this world who feels the same way about them as you do. So figure out your deal breakers. What are the things that you could never be partnered with someone who believes in or vice versa? And uh, try to figure them out early on in any relationship that you start. Because nothing blows my mind more than those am I the asshole posts or Reddit relationship advice posts where like, I've been with my boyfriends for seven years and then suddenly I realized that he supports so-and-so or that he's anti-choice or that he's pro-guns. Ma'am, these are major, major points that you have to discuss and talk about early on in any relationship. These are deal breakers. How can you be with someone who is so antagonistic to your core beliefs that you don't care until later in the relationship or where there are kids involved? Look into your own morals and beliefs and be specific and clear about them from early on in the relationship. And you don't have to settle because you're not the only one who is pro-choice or progressive or not homophobic or not transphobic or etc. You will find your people and you will be able to cultivate relationships with your people. I'm not saying that you don't have to start relationships with people uh, you don't agree with on certain points, but pe people who think that, oh, she's progressive and he's, an, uh, or, and he's a conservative and they're doing fine, it's actually a privilege because his politics or her politics would affect their kids, uh, other people around them, would affect their community. He votes, she votes, now what? So figure out the major 
morals and you believe in, decide on your deal breakers. And whenever you start a relationship, discuss openly and clearly these things with with your potential significant other. Because imagine being a feminist and then your significant other believes that feminism is bad or it ruins relationships between men and women or they're homophobic. And how can you plan to have children, for example, with someone who, if your child's gay, would actually harm that child? Pause. Pause and think, okay? (laughs) All right. Next point, number 21. Either be honest or say nothing at all, but try your best not to lie. Number 22. Try to know who you are and connect with your roots. And I'm not talking about knowing yourself as, a, as, a, as an individual, but I'm talking about yourself as a part of a certain race or ethnicity, or um, get to know your family members, figure out your family tree, know where you come from, if you have roots in certain parts of the world. It really pays off to know who you are in this world. It would be so rewarding to know the culture of your ancestors, their music, their language, the books they kept. So if you can, then go back as far as you can go. And I understand that for some people this might be difficult, but if it's feasible, and do it. Next point would be 23. Examine your culture and discard the trash. <laughs> I remember reading um, Einstein's um, essays in humanism where he had a chapter about this and a lot of people as a defense mechanism or uh, out of an unwarranted sense of pride would ascribe to every tradition in their culture without examining uh, the reasons behind it or if it's harmful if it causes long-term damage to people so not not just because it's in your culture that you have to do it Okay, that seems pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? (laughs) Okay, Uh, number 24. Changing your career is okay. Number 26. Be more environmentally conscious. Pretty self-explanatory here too. And this this goes in conjunction with paying attention to how the damage to the environment actually happens. A lot of us put a lot of burden on ourselves where you have to limit the plastic you use and get that reusable straw and save the turtles, buy secondhand stuff. And sometimes, no matter what you do, the major damage to the environment is happening thanks to corporations. So if you're environmentally conscious, try to be more conscious of the bigger picture. So I'll get off the soapbox now. (laughs) Okay, number 26. Cherish your family, but in the same time, cultivate friends from outside your family. Number 27. If education isn't about critical thinking, it's useless. Number 27. Sorry, number 28. Never haggle an artist or a small business owner. (laughs) Okay, sometimes you see artists or small business owners setting up prices for their products and you think that you can drive the price back or haggle them and that you're so clever. But that's actually, in my opinion, very disrespectful. Small business owners, artists, etc. are entitled to define their worth 
and ask for the prices that they feel are appropriate to the general market and to the level of service and talent they provide you. So if you see an art piece and the, and the artist is asking for a price that's above your budget, just move on. It's, in the end, not a life necessity or an important object to own. And a lot of people would haggle artists and small business owners trying to drive the price, thinking that's the clever thing to do. However, when they go on Amazon, they just click and click and click and pay. <laughs> Jeff Bezos doesn't need more money, but a small artist will need to pay rent. So please, 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 don't haggle artists and small business owners, <laughs> okay? All right, next point. I stopped counting, by the way. I don't think I'll make it to 39 points, but let's keep going. Uh, something that I have decided that is I will always be a feminist, and here is why. I don't think I'll ever go back to believing that feminism is bad. I have never thought that in my life, actually. But I will never change my mind about how equality is important and I will always be an intersectional feminist. Uh, next point, always wear sunscreen. <laughs> Another big jump. Here's, here's why. Um, growing up, we were not taught about the importance of sunscreen. Although I live in the desert. I live in hell, basically. I grew up in this hell. And we never wore sunscreen. We were never taught the importance of sunscreen until later in life, like probably when I went to college. And back then, all sunscreen was this disgusting white cast, uh, casket-ready type deal. And for a chocolate girl like myself, that was unacceptable. Like, seriously. Who wants to walk around looking gray? So I stopped. And then a few years ago, I went back to wearing sunscreen, but I had to, of course, tolerate the, the white cast until I finally was able to get some, get my hands on some Korean skincare. And finally, thank God, no white cast. And don't believe people who tell you that black people don't believe sun, don't need sunscreen. That's absolute and total bullshit, okay? Everybody needs sunscreen and nobody wants skin cancer in their life. Next point, saying no is not a bad thing. I was a doormat. I would always say yes to people and find myself giving more than I can give and exhausted and tired and double booked. So learn to say no early on. Next point, listen to your doctor, but don't listen to your doctor. <laughs> here's here's, the, here's the, how this paradox is going to work. As any person who goes to the doctor, you are going to the doctor with a problem and you expect that they're the experts who are going to solve it. So they might give you, they will probably give you advice and prescribe medication and give you instructions to do. But if you feel that your doctor is not listening to you, or not giving you advice that matches what you need, get a second opinion or a third opinion, if you can, if you can afford it, if you have access to it, of course. I'm not oblivious to the challenges many people face, but listen to your doctor and always try to get more information about your health conditions and the treatments that are given to you. I'm not saying be like, go to google.com and google.com will be your new doctor. It won't be. But you, as a person, know yourself. Listen to your intuition. If your doctor's advice is not convincing, ask more questions and try to get another opinion if you can. 
Next point, you can make strong connections on social media more than what you find in your real life. And I come from the generation where people didn't know about on online connections until later on. And they were really skeptical of how honest people can be. So when I told my mother that I met my husband, my future husband back then <laughs> online, <laughs> she freaked out because to her, what does that mean that you met someone online? More than 50% of relationships around the world happen online, where people meet others on social media, on gaming platforms, on dating profiles, and it's fine. And it's not just about dating. You might f find friends who are more committed to the friendship than people you know in your real life. And if geography is not a, a challenge, you might actually meet them and they become real life friends. So never discount relationships that you feel on social media. And you will see a lot of people who tell you that, oh, Twitter friends, they're nothing. But that's not true. A lot of you would actually relate to this. And you know that you have met people on Twitter or Facebook, etc., who are very close friends to you, who are happy to listen at any time and give you advice and offer support that people around you might not offer. So never dis discount your social media relationships, okay? And this brings me to the end of today's podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I don't think I made it to 39 points because I wrote 39 points, but I didn't like some of, the, uh, some of them and I don't have more points to add. So we're probably at 35 points. Now take a shot every time I say the word points. <laughs> okay. And uh, so this brings me to the end of the episode. I hope it was interesting enough for you to come back next time. And maybe next year when I'm 40, I'll make a better episode where I can count 40 points that I've learned by the time I turn 40. <laughs> if, if you're still with me until then, hopefully, subscribe to the podcast and follow us on every possible podcasting platform. Thank you. <laughs> So anyway, uh, take care of yourselves, take care of others. And because the pandemic is not over, wear a mask, wash your hands and continue social distancing. Thank you, friends. And I'm out of here. Bye bye.